Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wassalatu wassalamu ala sayyidil anbiya'i wal mursalin Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad Wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammad Kama sallaita ala Ibrahim Wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid Allahumma barik ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم ألهمنا مراشد أمورنا وأعذنا من شرور أنفسنا Many of us understand that the day of Ashura is the day of fasting and somewhere along the line we would have heard why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Makkah Mukarrama the Arabs would also keep the fast of Ashura when they came to Medina Munawwara, they found that even besides the Muslims, even the Jews keep the fast of the 10th of Muharram. And up till today, many of them also fast on this day. This was a very big day for the Jews because this was the day that Allah Taala finally destroyed the empire of Fir'aun, which in that era was regarded as impossible. <coughs> so impossible it was that when Fir'aun was drowned in the waters, and in front of them he was drowned. But they had so much of conviction over the years that Firaun cannot die. Like an invincible person. So when Musa salam said, but you saw the waters took the whole army. Even then they said that no. The whole army would have died, but he won't die. Almighty Allah had the waters spit Firaun out. That body had to land in front of them. When that body was not moving, each one's looking at it, he's scared. Just now he'll open his eyes again, but there's no army around him. So much of fear they had of this person called Fir'aun. Fir'aun was a title. If you go to Egypt today, you'll find many Fir'auns. Fir'aun was a title. In some countries they would call it Najashi. In some countries they would call it Caesar. In Egypt it was called Fir'aun. It could be a good Fir'aun, it could be a bad Fir'aun. But this one that was in the time of Musa salam was perhaps on the height of tyranny. Height. Some say maybe his name was Ramses the second, Ramses the third. So if you go today to Egypt, you will see in the museum where the different pharaohs are sitting mummified. Then they'll say perhaps it was this one. They are not sure. So one of them it is. Many of them were found because they were put in the pyramid on the day they died. The one that was put, kicked out of the waters, the people found him dead. After they found him dead, like how normally with the leaders, they would take him and put him in a pyramid. They also put this one in the pyramid. But the difference between this one and the others is all the other pharaohs when they died, even before the death came upon them, like how today in hospitals, if they want to use your organs before you really, really dead, they already have to start the work. And they will have to start taking out things while there's still a small amount of heat. After a while, if you say use this lung for something, the lung is finished. When death comes over the body, the body is gone. Every other pharaoh, when they wanted to mummify him, they did the act of mummifying just on his death, or perhaps they started even before his death. For every part of the body to be taken out, and then they would put it in jars. They would put the heart somewhere, they would put the liver somewhere. And they had a unique feeling. 
No one really understands what was the intention of doing such a thing. That I'll preserve all your body parts. When you go to the pyramids, they will have written there that these people thought that we're going into another world now. So when you go into another world, we live forever and ever. But it never answered this question. And if you're going into another world, you don't need your heart. You'll get another heart there. You don't need your skin, you'll get another skin there, a better skin. They preserved all of this perhaps for a thought which many Satanists today are explaining. That they have a hope a time will come when the shaitani world will be able to bring the dead back to life. A time when the shaitani world will be able to bring the dead back to life. Which is a dream of this perhaps. Because Nabi Isa did it. They got to hope that one day we can reach that level of technology. But until we reach that level, what happens about the man who's dying already? Last year I read an article where they said we are on the verge of if we find a man who died three, four hundred years ago. But when he died, his body immediately was iced. So if he died, example, in the waters, icy waters, and we find him, they say we are on the verge today, we'll be able to bring that man back to life. Whether they'll do it or not, who knows. In that era, these pharaohs had a hope that to escape from another world which we don't want to go to, to love forever if at the moment they have not reached that level, I'll have to preserve my body parts now, so that one day when they reach that level, they'll put the body parts together. And then I'll suddenly open my eye. What a dream it was. How scared they were of death. And they did it. And how they made that mummy. And with what amount of effort they put him. Whoever visited the paramas will understand. And with him they put all his wealth also. Like a dream. The day I'll come alive. I'll need my money again. So they put all that wealth. And nearly every pyramid proved. That as soon as the thing was created. With no matter what traps. When you'll visit it. They'll show you as soon as a man walked on this spot. Arrows would come. So he will die. The first group of robbers. Then they will carry on further than the trap door. He fell into spikes, he died. A fire came shooting out of him, he died. But robbers would go give their life. Because they knew that the treasure that lies at the ending is a very big treasure. So how many died? They died. But they never found except perhaps one pharaoh with his treasure. The reason was when he was buried, the minister never told anyone where he buried him. And he buried him with so little of his treasure. And in today if you go to the museum it's called the Tutankhamun. And they say such an amount of treasure. At that time it was like such a small amount. Drowning in wealth, drowning in wealth. And they tried to keep all of that wealth. But when they went, if you go visit them today in Egypt. He wanted his body to preserve, it's preserved. That Tutankhamun, his wealth is preserved also. The whole world will come and see it and say, what a smart body. But not his body anymore. But that body which they show with the gold, that this is how he looked. But if you go and you speak to the mummy, and you ask that mummy, was it worth it? You looked after your body, you looked after your wealth, your skin is still there, your eye is still there. And if that one could speak, what do you think he'll say?
You will say, if I had one chance to read La ilaha illallah, it would have been better than all of this. My skin stayed for over 3,000 years perhaps, but it never benefited me one But In the world that we live today, so many women are scared of getting old. So from the age of seven already they'll put on cream, put on cream, put on cream. No one wants to lose that beautiful skin. And the time comes that you're on the verge of death also and the man says, I don't want to go. If someone can keep me alive, ask that mummy, was it worth it? That you gave your life to stay alive. The whole world is looking at you. At the moment he's enjoying an aircon in that museum. When we went years ago, we had to pay so many dollars. I don't know how much dollars we'll pay now just to go see him. But if you ask him, is it worth it? He'll say, I don't enjoy the air one, but although the room is fully air-conned, I don't get one rand, one dollar from the money that's coming. And if I'm under the punishment of Allah, then having a top skin on the outside has benefited me nothing. On the other side of that Firaun, there were those selected servants of Allah. That in the spirit and the name of Islam, their bodies were cut into pieces. They couldn't preserve their body. They had no one to pull out their heart at the last second, their lungs in the last second. The Sahabi radiallahu was being martyred. Someone said to him, when you die, we're going to cut you into pieces. It was called mutilation. They were so thrilled to pull out the nose, to put it on a string to show, see what I got. You'll find in the world, wherever Muslim armies went, you will never hear about when they left, they massacred. They killed women and children. But if you go in the Muslim lands, where the non-Muslims came, recently certain ulama have made a visit to Bosnia. So on their return visit, many of them rode the car guzari of the land of Bosnia. When we were young, we heard of the war of Bosnia. We never understood it like how it was. We never understood why the western armies or the countries only got involved after. So America and they did get involved in the Bosnian war. But they only got involved when the Muslims were now winning that war. And it was a war they never thought the Muslims would manage to win. So the ulama who went to visit that land, they wrote about this war. That in that place where the enemy started bombing, the Bosnian army, at the time when bombs were falling on them, up to 3,000 on one day, he said, one day so many bombs fell that not a single window of the entire city remained. Every window was taken down. 11,000 people died in three days. He said, in that time while the bombs were hitting, the Bosnian army under that siege, they said, the only way to protect the people will be to make a tunnel. He said, in that condition, Allah gave them himmat. They started digging. They dug a tunnel under the city. How long it must have taken while bombs are falling from on top. Soldiers were digging a tunnel. Said, what this tunnel that went out of the city? Allah allowed the Muslims somehow to start getting weapons. Weapons started coming from underground. Food started coming from underground. A siege which the non-Muslim countries never thought will ever have lifted said only when they started seeing the Muslims winning, suddenly the western countries had to come and say, let's make peace. But when they visited that town, and in that town 11,000 died, so there are 11,000 like slates on each person's cover. 
So you will not understand what it is. I won't understand. But I just saw a picture of white, white, white. Meaning grave, grave, grave. For 11,000 people it means 11,000 graves. So they're right there. When you just stand, it's called the city of silence. It says most of the people after that left that city. It was too hard to live in that city after that. But when you stand there, He says that silence of the city gives out a very big message that in the spirit of Islam, those that died, even after their death, they are a lesson for the whole world that if you die for Islam, the whole world will look at you and marvel. Whole world. City of silence. Each one of them might say when that bomb fell, my body burst into pieces. I did not have time to look after my eye, to look after my heart, to look after my lungs. But as soon as I went in that grave, whether they put up a white slate or they never, I entered into the paradise of my Allah. 11,000 bodies will, so that Sahabi radiallahu anhu said, we'll cut you into pieces. He said, I won't mind whatever happens, as long as I know when I die, I'm dying for Allah. وَلَسْتُ أُبَالِي حِينَ أُقْتَلُ مُسْلِمًا he said, it makes no difference to me as long as I know I'm dying on Islam. Whether I fall on this side when I die or whether I fall on that side. He says, and if you'll cut me into pieces, for me it won't make a difference. Because if my body is one body, and then when Allah has to send mercy, the mercy will come one shot. Because I'm one. He says, but if it's different pieces of my body, one lying that side, one lying that side, he says, then I have hope that when my Allah sends mercy, He has to target all the pieces, so so much mercy has to come. Because now I'm far, one piece is there, one piece is here. How they looked at it. He said, in one one lamb, my Allah will find that lamb and send mercy. There were those people who wanted to protect their every lamb. They were the pharaohs of the time. In a jar it was put. It never helped one but. And there were those that were ready to have every one one lamb cut. Because they said, Ma Allah will find that lamb and he will put barakah in it and that's my honor. In the time of war, Sahaba radiallahu anh, one Sahabi says to the other, I'll make a dua, you make a dua. The one's dua was, Oh Allah, tomorrow when I meet the enemy, then we will fight a fierce fighting. Oh Allah, at the ending, let it happen. Who will ever make this dua? But they understood there's another world. Said at the ending, oh Allah, that enemy, I want a very big enemy, very strong enemy, in the spirit of fighting for you. And then he gets on top of me. And then he kills me and I die for you. And then he cuts me. So that when I stand, I can stand with those pieces and I say, Allah, I brought this for you. What a spirit they had. For me and you, it's a very far thing to think about. We know we don't have that spirit. But there were people who had it. Those were the pharaohs of the time, but amongst them there was this one. When this pharaoh died, he never had time to write because he never thought I will die. He went out with his army following the Banu Israel. He said, they have gone running, we will catch them. There's an entire episode before that. Most likely it was Musa alayhi salam. He had made an agreement with this pharaoh. Because a lot of Allah's punishment was falling on these people. Finally the Pharaoh agreed, okay, take them and go. So the Banu Israel gathered, which thousands and thousands. 
And the armies of Pharaoh were told, let them go. But when the Banu Israel started leaving, and Pharaoh had made an agreement that I will not chase you all, but where he was going to hold on to his agreements. As the city started emptying, city started emptying, and suddenly he went back on his words. And he called for his army, he said, gather. He said, we will teach them a lesson now, they will never forget. He had made that promise because he was being punished by Allah. Like how many a time when me and you, we hear there's a problem in the country. Then suddenly all of us get scared. Soon as we hear the problem is gone, everyone forgets. Pharaoh was like that. He said, let's chase them, they are a small amount, we will give them such a lesson they'll never forget. We will kill so many of them, we will bring many of them back and we will lash them, lash them. How dare you are going to leave our land. Whatever it was, as the Banu Israel moved, Allah Tawarukullah could have sent them in any direction. When they came to a spot, they're supposed to perhaps go slightly towards what we will call the, right, the left. And Allah Tawarukullah says to Musa salam, make a turn to the right. And in that one small error, they land up in an area between two high mountains. And you're just moving and moving, mountain on the right, mountain on the left. They can't go anywhere, just moving, moving. And as they're going through those two mountains, then the armies of Pharaoh, they also enter into that. Now you are going through miles and miles and miles with only two mountains. You can't go up a mountain. You can only go straight. And as they are coming, coming, and when the end of the end of the mountain is just a small island, or the shore on the ocean. Now you can't go anywhere. You can't run back because you're running into the army. You can't go on the sides, you're going into the waters. Huge! But it's your graveyard practically. At that time they said to Nabi Musa salam, where did you bring us? And then they said, we are destroyed. This is this Ashura. They said, we are destroyed. And Musa salam said, inna ma'iyya rabbi sayahadeen. He said it with so much of force. He said, kalla, kalla means no way. He said, somehow my Allah will open a way in a place where there's no way. Tourists or explorers have gone today looking where is that spot that the Banu Israel crossed. They found one area which really fits the description where you got those mountains for about 20 miles. Only mountain on one side, mountain on one side. It's just one turn, wrong turn and you're in the mountain. Had you gone taken the turn in the left, you would have gone around the ocean, what we call the ocean of the Gulf of Aqaba. Just take a wrong turn to the right, suddenly you land up in this area, you're just going through mountains. And at the end of the mountain, there's like a small, small means huge, but small. A place for about 10 to 15 to 20,000 people, they can stand there, you on sand, but you can't go anywhere. It's small like a shore. It's like a tourist destination, this one. It was a lovely place. The water is right in front of you. And across, you can see the other land on the other side, but you'll have to go through the small gulf like. And when you land up there, perhaps it was there, wherever it was, it is a place where there was no exit. In a place where there was no exit. And they said to Musa salam, we are now finished. The army on one side... The water's on the other side. And me and you, we got no weapons to fight it. 
So that was their talk. And the talk of Nabi Musa alayhi salam was it started with kallaha. That no way, inna ma'iya rabbi with me is my Allah. Sayyahadeen, he will open up a path. This is Ashura, but for me and you what it is. We live in this country at the moment like the Bani Israel. None of us know, we all know we got no weapons. And that small weapon that we got is like no weapon. So we are like a Banu Israel. And we are also stuck in this country in a position that we can't go anywhere. In our sight we got something across the waters. One person is thinking let me run to that country but you can't go. Because there's an ocean in front of you. Do I want to leave my country? I want to leave my families? Do I want to go there? Will I manage there? I won't manage. Will I get a job? I can see so close but so far. I'm stuck. And then when I look behind, I say there's no running back. We can't run back into the time of apartheid where we were the stronger. Where they were so timid and so weak. We're stuck. And now it is just waiting that we will get either jump into the waters and die or just wait to be killed. The Banu Israel at that time they looked at surrounding conditions. Surrounding conditions means mountains means you can't climb over me. Water means you can't enter me, you'll drown. A huge enemy means you can't walk towards us, we will kill you. One man, Nabi Musa wasalam, had been blessed with an iman. But why did Quran mention surah? It is known as suratul qasas. Allah Taala explained in this. The ulama gave the name al-qasas, the incident, the story. Look at the beginning. Natlu alayka min nabi Musa wa Fir'aun bilhaq. We want to read to you the incident of Musa and Fir'aun. لِقَوْمِ يُؤْمِنُونَ But it will only benefit people of Iman. The surah was revealed when? It was revealed when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was at the weakest position in his life. He had tried in Makkah Mukarramah for 13 years to make a change. There was no change. He went to Taif, it became even worse. His support which he held on for so many years, which was Abu Talib, he passed away. Khadija radiallahu anha, she passed away. Now the people around him also were making the attacks. Now there was no fear of Abu Talib stopping them. Then he went to Taif that if the Quraysh can't help, the second strongest can help the people of Taif, Thaqif. They were not prepared to help. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa at that time started making a dua. Rabbi adkhilni mudkhala sidq wa akhrijni mukhraja sidq. وَجَعَلْنِي مِنْ لَدُنْكَ سُلْطَانًا نَصِيرًا That oh Allah, if the need is for me to move, then you help me to go. And wherever you put me, oh Allah, you make me firm in that land. And from your side, oh Allah, please help. It was the law of the Arabs, a nation sticks for his nation. We won't understand it today except in our Gam situation. One man, because he's from Surat, he will say, I stick with the Suratis. He doesn't know why, he never perhaps saw Surat. But it's just that name, it's in his mind. With the Arabs it was much more. With the Arabs it was, if he's from my tribe, even if he's wrong, I'll die for him. A war took place. One person said to the other, for what you fighting? Don't you know the man is a liar? 
So that person said, I know he is the biggest liar. He is making a claim to be a Nabi. How can he be a Nabi? He is a liar. So the Muslim asked him then, how can you be fighting on his side? He said, he is from my tribe. They were like that. From your tribe, it means I will die for you. But if you are not from the tribe, I won't give you one cent. Rasulullah wasallam was leaving his tribe. And he was now going to a land which was not the easiest of lands. The people of Medina Munawwara came. While they taking the bi'at. They in Mina. Where we go for hajj. In one place they meet Allah's Nabi They promising come over we will give our lives for you. We will put ourselves in front of our children for you. Our wealth, our weapons, our horses will everything be for you. Abbas radiallahu anh is the uncle. He hears them talking. He lands up. He says, are you all speaking to my nephew? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They say yes. He says, oh Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, allow me to talk. He speaks to these people. He says, it's very easy to talk. You all are saying you all want to take my nephew away from Makkah Mukarramah to Medina Munawwara. No problem. He says, but remember in Makkah Mukarramah in the end of the day, even if his family do not believe in him, they will still stand with him. And they did stand. Many non-Muslims went into the siege. Three years they went through a siege. There were many non-Muslims. They stood. He said, you all are taking him to a land so far away. In today's time we say six hours journey. In that time it was 15, 16 days journey. He says, you all are taking him to a land where the Jews are in charge. They control the monopoly of that land. He said, this man's greatest enemy is the Jew. And the people of the Arabs were like brothers to the Jews. And they were owing the Jews money. So the Jews could milk them, they could use them, they could do what with them. He said, you are taking him to a land where his biggest enemy is the Jew. And he's not from your tribe. And he says, as soon as you put him in your land, all the Arabs of the world will shoot at you with one arrow. He said, are you ready for this war? So the Sahabi radiallahu from the Ansar says, Oh Allah's Nabi Wasallam, allow me to answer. I don't want to be rude to your uncle, but allow me to answer. So Nabi Wasallam said, give your answer. That answer was that, that what we are saying, we will live up to it. What we are saying, we will live up to it. And they really loved up to it. How they loved up to it. When you go to Medina Munawwara, that is what was called the Ansar. Quran says to them, يُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَصَاصًا They gave preference over everyone else, even if they had to go through poverty. When the Muhajirin came out, they looked after them. They would say to the Muhajir, who's going to look after you? I'm your brother. Becoming a brother to you means what? If you got no wife, then from my wives, I will allow you to keep an eye, look at each one of them. And the wife that pleases you will be the one I'll divorce. In history, this has never ever happened. And then he said, I'll make you a partner in my farm. But the person from Makkah Mukarramah said, I don't know how to farm. I'm a trader. I have never farmed. He said, doesn't matter, you are a partner. You get something called a sleeping partner. But a sleeping partner, he is supposed to invest money. Here the muhajir was not investing money. It was the Ansari's farm. He said, I'll make you a partner in my farm. At the end of the year, when I cut the crops, you will divide half-half. 
For the muhajir it was so hard to accept it. For the ansari it was an honor to give it. At the end of the year when the ansari would have the crops cut. Then later on it came that he would put in sacks his share and his brother's share. And he would tell his slave make two parts, two sacks. In the one sack fill it up with a lot of dirt, a lot of filth. Meaning what you can't use. That grass that he just cut, it got no value. And then that valuable things of the crop push little inside. Little. So the sack will look huge. But inside it is practically nothing. And then he say, make another sack. Where only what is valuable from the crops put it in. It might look smaller than the other sack, but it got the best. And when he was asked why you would do a thing like this. He said, I knew my muhajir brother did not like to take from me. So when I would call him to come and choose now, there's two shares. One is my share, one is your share, but you choose first. Which one you want? And the muhajir will look at two sacks. And he will feel obviously it's not my farm, it's not my work, it's not my effort. So he will see one sack which is bigger, he will feel happy. That you keep the bigger sack and I'll take the smaller sack. He says he would never really understand that in the smallest sack was everything and in the bigger sack was hardly anything. That level of sacrifice, that was known as Ansar. But when Nabi Wasallam was making the journey to Medina Munawara, he never knew that. He never knew such a group will be created who will shock the whole world. He never knew one day there will be a Medina Munawara after 1400 years and it will still be standing unique. As he was on that journey, all the Sahaba were told, go already, go. Now it was Rasulullah wasallam and Abu Bakr an. And now they were told, go. As Rasulullah wasallam left Makkah Mukarramah, he looked at the Kaaba. And at that time he said that in the sur- on the surface of the earth, the most beloved house in my heart is you, O Kaaba. And had my nation not kicked me out of this land, I would never have left this land. But as he turned and his heart was bleeding, he also could not see an opening. Maybe if I go to Medina Munawara, I might survive there. But that opening could not be seen that in a few years time you will come back to Makkah Mukarramah, the whole Makkah will be yours. In a land for 13 years you couldn't break through your own people. Now with another land you were not going to break through them, you were going to go through the whole world. At that time that opening was not seen. Jibreel wasalam comes with a surah. That surah was going to give a unique message to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That surah was called Surah Al-Qasas. That we will narrate to you the incident of Musa and Fir'aun bilhaq liqawmi yu'minun. In the surah, Allah Tabarakullah goes through so many times where it was thought impossible and Almighty Allah made the impossible possible. Musa mother is breastfeeding Musa Everywhere around is this is the year of killing children. No boy will survive. The eye of the enemy is in every house. Every nursemaid, every woman helping to deliver has been paid off. Either you spy out or you also will get killed. You will get locked up. There is no way one child can be born except that the CID, 
The FBI, CIA of Fir'aun will get the message. Everyone is bought off. Not a child of the Bani Israel is surviving. وَأُوحَيْنَا إِلَىٰ أُمِّ مُوسَىٰ أَنْ أَرْضِعِي We put a feeling in the heart of Musa salam's mother, continue breastfeeding your child. Because when Allah's nazar fell, that you will be protected, the whole world will not be able to harm. فَإِذَا خِفْتِ عَلَيْهِ And when you can't understand and you're still worried, and the mother was told, no problem, then just throw him in the waters. فَأَلْقِيهِ فِي الْيَمْ وَلَا تَخَافِي وَلَا تَحْزَنِي But do not be such that grief overtakes you, fear overtakes you. إِنَّا رَادُّوهُ إِلَيْكِ We promise we will bring your child back to you. When Musa mother stood at that water, in those waters of the Nile, there are crocodiles today so huge, in that era they were much more huge. They would not eat a small child, they would eat huge men. Ask people who live by those waters, who work by those waters, while they are... My one friend, he said he had a chance to meet with one alim who is now working in Malawi. He said in that area that he's working, the biggest fear that the person has is two. One is snakes and one is crocodiles. He says the snake sometimes falls right in your class. Right in the class. He says the boys who grew up in the village, they grew up understanding snakes. When they walk outside, they pick up a snake in the tree, they can tell you it's poisonous or not poisonous. But this person, because he studied in South Africa for a while, then he went back, he never grew up. So he says in his class, the snake fell. In the middle, the students and he, he says he was the first out of the class. And the students, they were running towards the snake. Each one was trying to see who will catch it first. He said they caught it. But he was already outside. Then they're calling him, come back, come back. They're not killing that snake, they're letting it go. For them it was a game. But he said he's very scared of snakes. And the worst he says is the crocodile. And then he explained to the boy, just the other day the woman cleaning, or does the cleaning for the madrasa, she was busy washing. And then suddenly that thing comes. He says so much of effort people are looking. Everyone is looking on the waters. It comes from nowhere and just pushes you. Suddenly you get a shock and you're in the water. He says, every now and then when you're walking on the water top, you see the limbs floating. Someone's limb. In that waters, in that era, one child was now going to be thrown. Had the child been on land, there was no chance he'll survive. The child in water, there's definitely no child he'll survive. And as that Musa salam is moving in a box, Allah Taala makes it, he lands up right in front of Fir'aun and his army. They see, they say, bring it here. No chance on the land. Put him in the waters. No chance in the water. Put him in the hand of Fir'aun. Allah Taala made one promise. Inna radduhu ilayki. We will send him back to you. Musa salam comes in the hand of Fir'aun. But when the decision of Almighty Allah comes, فَالْتَقَطَهُ عَالُ فِرْعَوْنَ The family of Fir'aun lifted him up. Where did they realize that one day this will be your enemy? He will be your cause of the greatest grief you have ever experienced. إِنَّ فِرْعَوْنَ وَهَامَانَ وَجُنُودَهُمَا فِرْعَوْنَ هَامَانَ And so many armies, all of them missed the target. Right there the child was. He just needed one bullet, one stab. Just push him back in the water. Million things could have been done. 
One decision of Allah and a million things could not be done. We are living at that moment what people are saying, a time bomb. Musa salam was a time bomb and the man who wanted to put off the bomb, he was right there also. A small child, but the decision of Allah. The surah starts with this, وَنُرِيدُ That when we make an intention, when the decision of Allah comes, the world can change. إِنَّا رَادُّوهُ إِلَيْكُ We promised we will return him to you. At the end of this page, Allah says, وَحَرَّمْنَا عَلَيْهِ الْمَرَاضِعَ مِنْ قَبْلِ So many women now try to breastfeed this child. The wife of Fir'aun falls in love with Musa salam. She grabs him. She says, the coolness of my eyes, do not kill this boy. Normally Fir'aun would have killed his wife also. But on that day, remember Fir'aun wasn't like me and you. Me and you, if our wife says don't do, we say don't do. Fir'aun would kill his wife. He was a man like that. A lot of people think he was scared of his wife. He was not scared. But on that day in front of his wife, he also lost. He never knew why. And his ministers never knew why. And they even said to him, this is that child. But he just couldn't lift his hand. And the wife took him. She said, don't kill him. Coolness of my eyes. And now they are looking for someone to breastfeed him. But Musa salam is not drinking from anyone. وَحَرَّمْنَا عَلَيْهِ الْمَرَاضِعَ مِنْ قَبْلُ We made haram upon him all the breastfeeding women. In the books they write that they were paying women to come from far lands of Egypt. Just to take a chance. The camels were moving. Every woman was coming. This is the cleanest woman of that area. Everyone drinks. Musa salam comes, he's not drinking, he's just crying and crying and crying. The very man who they were looking for in the house to kill him landed up in their own house. And now they have to look for someone to breastfeed him. Then the sister of Musa salam comes, she says, I know of a family. Very pure, very clean, can I go bring that woman? One person says, we tried enough already. Another person says, what we got to lose? The queen is going mad. Musa salam's mother came. فَرَدَدَنَاهُ إِلَىٰ أُمِّهِ We returned him to his mother. The promise was we will return him. Allah said we returned him. عَيْنُهَا So that her eye can now become cool. وَلَا تَحْزَنْ She can lose that worry. But وَلِتَعْلَمْ And that she can know. And why the surah was revealed for me and you so that I can know, you can know. أَنَّ وَعَدَ اللَّهِ حَقٍّ that the promise of Allah is always the truth. وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَهُمْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Majority of people just don't understand. إِنَّا رَادُّهُ We will return him, we will return him. Musa والسلام, now grows up. He grows up in the palace of Fir'aun. He grows up like a prince. He's enjoying life. And he's going to visit his mother. His mother's getting paid to look after him. The whole thing changed. Now she's loving what Itmina, no one's going to kill Musa. Now she can breastfeed him because she's breastfeeding the prince. And money is coming from Fir'aun also. That look after the very boy who will one day kill me. The whole thing changed. But as Musa والسلام, is growing up, then Allah makes stage 2 happen. Where he gets involved in an argument. And he lifts up his hand, he doesn't intend it. And the person that he punches falls down dead and he happens to be one of Fir'aun's. And suddenly the law, the scream is gone out. Who killed our man? It's same like today how you have in Palestine and Israel. 
You kill 20, 30, 40 Palestinians, nobody bothers. You kill one Israeli, the whole world goes up. That one Kipti died, Pharaoh's man, there was conferences and seminars and talks. That the Banu Israel are getting too brave, who killed this person, who killed? They never thought Musa salam killed because he's the prince. But when the news came that it was him, there was a whole shock. So they had a special meeting. From the special meeting, there was one man who was like a confidant or a friend. He came to Musa salam. He said, I promise you, I'm really worried about you. They have decided to kill you. If you want to run, now is your time to run. And when Musa salam is running, he doesn't know where he is going to run to. Because this is his land, this is his mother, this is where he grew up. So Musa runs to a land which is called Madian. South, Aris, south of Arabia is where our Makkah, Mukarramah, Medina, Munawara is. You go north of Arabia, that is where Madian is. In Madian, Musa comes. In that area, the hand of Pharaoh was not there. Because the people of Madian, perhaps they were known as Amalika also. Or whatever they were, they were strong. So the armies of Pharaoh never broke into that. In that land, in one place, there was a person. Some say his name was Shu'ib. Some say he was a Nabi of Allah. Some say he was not. Whatever it was, he was a very good man. Musa wasalam, reaches that land. When he reached that land far, he also would never have understood that if your Allah says he's going to take you back one day to your mother, he is going to take you back. Musa salam grows up in that land. In a land where there was nothing, he reaches. On his journey, he doesn't know what to do. I got no food. I got no shelter. I got no clothing. I got no help. I'm in a foreign land. Musa salam comes to a well. He sees two girls who are having some problem taking out water. All of us learn the story. But the problem is when we hear the word story, it's like a story. When Quran speaks about it, it's no longer a story. Quran says, we are reading it to you for the people of Iman. Then I want one lesson to come out of this. And what this lesson is, it got to do with the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Ana inda zanni abdi bi. I will treat my servant how he has expectations on me. If me and you in this country lose hope before hope has to be lost, and if we really look at surrounding conditions and say there's no hope, then we are the worst. We are not the people of Iman. And on the other side, if we're so negligent, and we remain so relaxed that nothing can happen to us, we Muslims, then we are also the worst. Because many, many great lands, what masjids, minarets, Darul Ulums came to the ground. Lands of Bukhara, Samarkand, which saw Imam Bukhari, which saw the lessons of Imam Bukhari, we saw 100,000 students sitting, that land came to a time and there was no one left in that land. Spain saw the glorious days, that glory came to the ground. When we grew up in South Africa, because we saw masjids, a time came that we started feeling Allah's punishment can't come on us. So one group became so relaxed. And when the punishment comes, then the other part happens. That we become so despondent that we think there's no way out. The people of Iman are those which Allah's Nabi said, Bain al-Khawfi wal-Raja. We live between fear of the punishment of Allah and hope in the power and mercy of Allah. When we see problems around us, we don't go under a pillow. 
That's the time when we stand up from the pillow and go on the musalla. We say, oh Allah, we are the problem. But the solution also you gave it to us. I just have to tell you, sorry oh Allah, and everything can come right. The scholars of the past would say, Let me show you the sickness and I'll show you the cure. He said, The sickness is your sins, my sins. Now every person when we hear sins, we think somebody else is making the sin. But who's the criminal? So every person, the other day I gave a bayan in Benoni, so this came in my mind, I mentioned it, I'll mention it again here. The first problem is we have to first identify the criminal. Then the criminal can be told, make toba, say sorry. So when looking for the criminal, everyone's eye goes next door. But in this world with Allah and us, you see a boy who is not married, so I mentioned this the other day, he can have 10 girlfriends in school, and each one of them he can have one nice name for them. He can call one Rose, and one Sweetheart, and one Samusa, and he can give names, he can call it, he can make one apple, and one orange, a whole fruit basket of girls he can have. Life will carry on. Let him get married, but after he gets married, he only has to send one message to any girl who is not his wife. Even if he calls her banana. Even if he calls her banana. Banana doesn't mean like anything great. He'll get one banana up his nose. Suddenly he's a different person. Why? He's connected. Now he might say to his wife, when I wasn't married, I had lot. Now I'm just flirting with one. She's not going to accept that. He can't say to you, you don't know my friend, the other one, every day is with a different girl. She's not bothered about his friend. According to her, you are the criminal. And we know what will happen in that house after that. Now sometimes in our relationship with Almighty Allah, we forgot this. That each one of us enjoys a relationship with our Allah, which is different from the one next door. So I can't carry on saying, oh Allah, it's him. Because perhaps I'm the criminal. On my level, I'm not supposed to be doing certain things which I am doing. So when we have to identify the criminal, just look in a mirror. And it will be me. The alim is the criminal, the hafiz is the criminal. The man on the ground is the criminal. The one who never went to a maktab, he might do ten wrongs. But the one who went to a maktab, his one wrong is worse than that man's ten wrongs. The one who never learned how to read Quran, he's not reading Quran. The one who learned to read Quran and he stopped. His one wrong is worse than that man's hundred wrongs. So everyone must understand we are the criminal. But now what's the solution? So in that same program I mentioned, in the time of Musa wasalam, there was a severe drought. Musa wasalam, made dua for rains. The rains never came. Almighty Allah said to Musa salam, the rains won't come. Amongst you there is a servant for 40 years he has opposed me. Now is the time now. He has to stop. Musa salam loudly. He even says, oh Allah, how loud must I scream in front of me is thousands, but where they all here? Musa salam said, you give the message, we'll make the message reach. 
And he gives the message, and that message reached today me and you also. He said, oh servant of Allah who has opposed Allah for 40 years, please leave. It is because of you that we are not getting rain. That's his wording. So that servant, he looked for a while. He thought perhaps there's somebody else in it, but no one was standing. The first thing that happened is the criminal recognized himself. That is the main thing. If I can recognize I'm a criminal, you can recognize you the criminal. And we don't have to go home sad and tell our wife, hey, I'm a criminal. But on the musalla we can do it. When we come in the masjid we can do it. Because I can tell you if you read the history of those countries, when the enemies of Allah entered, when they left, there was no woman's izzat that was left. There was no man's izzat that was left. When that whole building came down, the people came down. It remained a story in history. 80,000 people were here the other day. From that 80,000, 30,000 women were raped and then killed. It remained in history. Life carried on. We don't want to see that. Our people cannot manage it. It is easier to cry before getting hit than to have to cry after getting hit. If we can start crying now before the slap of Allah comes, we will not have to cry after it comes. Because those that cried after it cried a very severe crying. If we can just come to the masjid and let one tear come out every day, oh Allah, I'm the criminal. So that person looked around, he saw no one standing. So then he put his head in his cloth. And he said, oh Allah, for 40 years I opposed you. How come you gave me grace for 40 years? After 40 years, today you want to catch me in front of everyone. He says, for 40 years I never ever said sorry. And you never disgraced me. He said, oh Allah, now I'm saying sorry. Now he's not going to disgrace me. And he's just crying and crying. And suddenly the rains came. And Musa wasalam, says, oh Allah, I made such a loud announcement. And no one went. So that wording that was given to Musa salam was a unique wording. That on account of the very man due to which we held the waters, on his very account we are now sending waters. سَقَيْتُكُمْ بِالَّذِي بِهِ مُنِعْتُمْ سَقَيْتُكُمْ بِالَّذِي بِهِ مُنِعْتُمْ I have given you today water on account of the very man because of which you were not given water. What that narration showed that the hope for the ummah is the criminal himself. It is the criminal who is going to sort out the problem. Problem is the criminal doesn't know he is the criminal. We first have to understand we are the criminal. And number two, the criminal has to understand I got the power to sort out the problem. And what is that power? Just to say, oh Allah, I'm sorry. That's all. Just to say. So a lot of people will say, but if I say sorry, I know I'm not sorry. Because tomorrow again I'm going to do it. But this word, oh Allah, I'm sorry, astaghfirullah, is not like that, I'm sorry, my wife. Because that wife, after a while, she'll tell you, stop saying sorry. Because every time you say sorry, the next day you leave that girl, you find another girl. That sorry has no value. But astaghfirullah is not like that. Astaghfirullah if it is said ten times. 
It creates a certain light. A sahabi radiallahu anh came and he said, I'm a man who just falls into sin. Allah's Nabi said, then just turn back to Allah. He said, I do that, I say sorry, and again I fall. Allah's Nabi said, then next time you make a son, again go back to Allah. Just say sorry. So he said, oh Allah's Nabi, the way you're making it like, like I got a free hand now. Just do guna and say sorry. Do guna and say sorry. He said, إِذَنْ تَكْثُرُ ذُنُوبِي My sons will be lot after that. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, أَفْقُ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ أَكْثَرْ مِنْ ذُنُوبِكَ You will not manage to make so many sons. The mercy and forgiveness of Allah will overtake you. What was meant by this but? That if you're saying Astaghfirullah every day hundred times, and if you are making today a hundred sins, that Astaghfirullah will cut that hundred to ninety slowly. Ninety will become eighty, eighty will become seventy. Astaghfirullah doesn't only wipe away a sin, it wipes away the desire to sin also. That is why it's called, let me show you the sickness it is sin. Let me show you the medicine for sinning. It is to say, oh Allah, I'm sorry. The easiest way I am sorry is what we learned, Astaghfirullah. If you know any big, bigger, Nastaghfirullah. If you know, La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu minal zalimin. Oh Allah, it's only you, you are pure, I am the oppressor. Nabi Adam alayhi salatu wasalam came in the world. He said, Rabbana zalamna anfusana. Oh Allah, we have oppressed ourselves. His whole world opened up for him. Nabi Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam was in that belly of that well in the bottom of the ocean. He said, I am the oppressor. Everything opened up for him. Me and you in the small South Africa, we are in dark times. But if the criminal can understand who the criminal is. And if he can understand what power he has, the power to say I am sorry, we can see South Africa showing a miracle to the world. The Banu Israel were trapped. They said, where are we going to go? Nabi Musa salatu wasalam said, Kalla, inna ma'iya rabbi, if my Allah is with me, I don't need to go anywhere. The road will open up even if you can't see it. Rasulullah said, Man lazim al-istighfar, that man who holds on to saying, Oh Allah, I'm sorry, Oh Allah, I'm sorry. جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لَهُ مِنْ كُلِّ ضِيقٍ مَخْرَجًا Allah will make for him out of every tight position and opening. وَمِنْ كُلِّ هَمٍ فَرَجًا If he's in depression, Allah will remove his depression. وَرَزَقَهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبْ His sustenance will come from places he can never imagine. All of what? Just to say sorry. Now is it so hard for me to say sorry? But let us start saying sorry before we become sorry. Because it's right on top. But the cloud can suddenly become the mercy of rain. Suddenly. It just needs one man, the right man at the right time to cry. And suddenly what the world never thought can happen. But if all of us, we're either oblivious or we so despondent. The oblivious is not bothered. And the despondent doesn't think anything can happen. Then no one is going to say, Oh Allah, you can do it. The surah came to show that. Musa salatu wasalam returned to Egypt one day. At the end of the surah, Allah tabarakullah speaks to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. إِنَّ الَّذِي فَرَضَ عَلَيْكَ الْقُرْآنِ لَرَادُّكَ إِلَى مَعَادِ that, that Allah who has sent this Qur'an to you, 
He is also going to send you back to where he promised. Rasulullah went to Medina Munawwara. After six years, everything started happening. They went for an Umrah. They were not allowed for that Umrah. The following year was the conquest of Makkah Mukarramah. They went for the Umrah the following year. And the one year after that, everything happened. Within 10 years, less than 10 years, the Muslim Ummah entered Medina Munawwara as conquerors. Whoever thought that they will ever return, that Allah who said, I will send you back, that Allah's promise is true. This surah was revealed when Nabi looked at Makkah Mukarramah and it was, I don't think it's going to work here. At that time, the surah was revealed, If my servant has trust on me, I will make it happen. The Nabi of Allah had so much trust on Almighty Allah. Makkah Mukarramah today is for me and you. A lesson that have trust in Allah. Musa salam coming back to his mother was a lesson have trust in Allah. Muharram comes a new year is a lesson for me and you. Don't you trust Allah? 1,400 years enemy have made an effort to try to destroy Islam. 1,400 years Islam is still moving in the world. Don't you trust Allah? When so long Islam could survive, although everyone tried to attack it. How come me and you, we feel that I can't survive? But the problem is, I, I ready to say, Oh Allah, I'm sorry. May Allah tabarakallah bring me. That I must say it, you must say it. A cheer must come out. I must say, Allah, I am the criminal. I am the biggest criminal. And I ask you for forgiveness. Rasulullah said to Sahaba radiallahu anh, said, read. And then they read after him. So I will tell you, read. They read three times this year. Then Allah Nabi told them that all your sins are forgiven. What he told them to read? He said, read this. So you all read after me. Allahumma. Maghfiratuka. Awsa'u. Min zunubina. It means, oh Allah, your mercy is much more than my sins. Allahumma. Maghfiratuka. Awsa'u. Min zunubina. Allahumma. Maghfiratuka. Awsa'u. Min zunubina. Then there's one more after that. It means that your mercy is that which I have much, much hope than my actions. Wa rahmatuka arja indana min a'malina. Wa rahmatuka arja indana min a'malina. Wa rahmatuka arja indana min a'malina. They read that. And then he just said, stand, that everything is forgiven. But so small, everything is forgiven. One astaghfirullah can make everything forgiven. It can change this world, it can change the year after. Many of us, we're not so bothered of the year after. We're worried of this world, even in the fear of this world. Astaghfirullah. When your child gets sick, that night you will not sleep. How you will go to the doctor? How you will start reading Surah Yasin? How are you waiting for the results? How are you so worried? If we can just see punishment above our heads. And suddenly at night we will open our eyes. And I will think of my child sleeping so nicely. My wife sleeping so nicely. But I'll shake a little bit and I will say, Oh Allah, please make maaf. But if your punishment comes, I won't manage it. I won't manage seeing my children and my family going through it. Please make maaf. Is this one sentence, please make maaf. Please forgive Astaghfirullah, nastaghfirullah. Allahumma ghfir lana walil mu'mineen wal mu'minat wal muslimin wal muslimat.
Oh Allah, make ma'af. Oh Allah, forgive. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-abdu aminun min adhabillah. Al-abdu aminun min adhabillah. A servant will be protected from the punishment of Allah as long as he carries on saying, Oh Allah, I'm sorry. A servant will be protected from the punishment of Allah. Al-abdu aminun min adhabillah. As long as he carries on saying, Oh Allah, I'm sorry. Allah Tabarakullah in Quran revealed, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ That while you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa are amongst the people, Allah will not punish them. وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ مُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَهُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ And Almighty Allah will not punish them as long as He finds them saying, Oh Allah, we're sorry. Oh Allah, we're sorry. Oh Allah, we're sorry. So this is what South Africa needs. This is what the world needs. This is what I need, what you need. Who got the power to do it? I got the power. Who's the criminal? I'm the criminal. But the criminal must recognize he's the criminal. And he must recognize the power that has been given to this criminal. A servant of Allah worshipped Allah in a unique manner. And then he fell in love with one girl. And then he followed that girl. And when she realized what's happening, then she said to him that I have never ever cheated up till today. And then he just got scared. So he just left her. And he met a Nabi of Allah and he was feeling so dirty. What did I do? Where did I go? So the Nabi of Allah found him and it started what was it? Like a, a severe heat came. And the Nabi of Allah found him in this condition of extreme thirst. So he gave him some water to drink. It gave him little but strength. And then he said, come with me, but I can't walk in this. So he says that Allah will send a cloud to look after us. So a cloud came. And it gave them shade from that severe heat. Perhaps it was like a desert. And they walked. And as they're walking, the cloud is walking with them. And this man was so like happy that I found this Nabi of Allah. Then a time came when they had to separate. So then it was obvious now. But your destination is now not far. Now you got water. So now you will manage. And as he started going that way, the cloud went with him. He took a step and the cloud moved this way. So the Nabi of Allah said, that all along we thought the cloud was because of me. And you were enjoying my cloud. This cloud is because of you. So this man said, it can't be because of me. So the Nabi of Allah said, it is because of you. Walk and as he walked, the cloud moved. He said, explain to me what is your amal. He said, my amal is no amal. I am feeling so bad of what I did. The Nabi of Allah said, this act of feeling bad... On account of that act, at the present moment, there is no one who can reach a darja like the man who feels bad about his act. So there's no one who can reach that mantle. The mantle of one who feels bad of what he did. The cloud is for you. The cloud could be because of me, because of you, but who? The sinner. Allah Tawarukullah got a lot of qadr for the sinner, a lot of qadr. But let the sinner realize that he is the criminal. And in the fear that I'll start continue doing my sin, 
In that fear, I must not stop saying, Oh Allah, I'm sorry. I will continue saying sorry because I know this Astaghfirullah will one day stop the sin. If it doesn't stop it tonight, it will one day stop it. Hazrat Muran Ashraf Ali Rahimullah told people, before you sleep, say, Oh Allah, I'm sorry. He said, say I am sorry, say I am sorry. He says, because I guarantee you as soon as you say, I'm sorry, oh Allah, that whole slate gets wiped out. He says, I can't guarantee you, you will become clean. But at least the slate will become clean. He says, if you die soon, the next morning if you died, you're dying with a clean slate, although you were a dirty person. But your book of deeds is clean because you said last night, Oh Allah, I'm sorry for the past. He said, so either you will die, that you still dirty, but your slate is clean. Or as you love, the barakah of this istighfar slowly, slowly will cut away your sins. And a day will come when you will be clean. So either you'll die clean, or you'll die that you dirty, but at least your slate is clean. He said, either you will die minat ta'ibin from the people who made Toba and died, or you will die minal kamilin from the perfect people. But because of istighfar, if you can't be perfect, at least be amongst the people who made Toba. Before I sleep, I say, Oh Allah, I'm sorry. As soon as I wake up, I say, Oh Allah, I'm sorry. When I'm in the masjid and I got a few minutes, but it's not just a nastaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. It's little feeling, little feeling. That, oh Allah, I'm sorry. Yesterday we discussed this after that bayan, so one person came to tell me. He says that so many ulama are telling the people at the moment, that have you seen the miracle of istighfar? Astaghfirullah. He said there were certain people who saw no, no, no avenue out of their problem. But that's where we started the whole thing. The Banu Israel were there stuck. And Musa salam said, my Allah will find a way out. And we all know the story, where the way came. Oceans which don't move, moved. Waters which don't move for any person stood up. Water which nature is to fall never fell. The entire Bani Israel walked through water. Today they are discussing that that land, what was it? How were they able to go in? We say it was the Qudrat of Allah. They say no, that land is made such, but they don't know what lifted up the water. What lifted up that water? Musa salam's one sentence that my Allah will find a way out. He could have gone this way and the waters opened up. Had he gone into the army of Firaun, they would have all been destroyed. Had he gone to the mountains, the mountains would have opened up. A person of Iman doesn't look at surrounding conditions. And he never says there's no way out. He sees the Qudrat of Allah that makes a way out of any way. With that Yaqeen we will talk. So they said so many people complained that there's no way out. They were told, read Astaghfirullah. Hundred thousand times. One hundred thousand times. For me and you, that hundred thousand is like, start working out that how many must I read every day? They were told, if you can't read it hundred thousand times yourself, get your family together. Put ten people, twenty people on the job. You got a major problem in your house. They said, read a hundred thousand times Astaghfirullah. Oh, nastaghfirullah. Everyone, you got so much, you got so much, you got so much, you got so much. So the person is saying, some people when they reach 90,000, 90,000, they phone to say that, you know what, we got a problem. The sheikh who they phone, he got angry with them. He said, don't phone me. 
I told you 100,000. Why are you not finishing 100,000? And he said, he said so many people whose lives were just not going anywhere. Who never thought things could happen. And then he gave me examples. He said, look at that one. You know his story. Today he got no problems. And I looked and I was shocked. The barakah of 100,000. At that time then I said to this person telling me the story. That amazing this word astaghfirullah is. Because a hundred thousand times is lot. And normally when a person reads something lot, then you read it without any feeling. Then you are sleeping and you're astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. You're driving in your car, you don't even know what you're saying because you don't want to finish a number. I said in that hundred thousand, so many thousands must have been that astaghfirullah, which the man never even know what he's reading. I said, what is the power of this astaghfirullah? That if it could deliver its goods, even if the man was reading it with no feeling, it delivered. He hit the hundred thousand and the world changed, miracle. Now imagine the power of this astaghfirullah, if you could say it with feeling. It will change the country, it will change the world. May Allah allow me to change the world, allow you to change the world. May Allah make me from amongst the people who love saying astaghfirullah. We die saying astaghfirullah. Oh Allah, we are sorry. Oh Allah, we are sorry. And because of the barakah of that astaghfirullah, may Allah ta'ala not let us see conditions that we cannot manage. May Allah let us cry at a time before it comes that crying will not aid. May Allah ta'ala let us put our head in sajda. A time comes that later on it will jump in sajda, but then it will be like too late. The family is gone. The houses are gone. Everything is gone. Now is the time to push away problems. They say prevention is better than cure. We don't want the thing to hit. And then we have to do something to sort out the problem. Before it comes, every criminal realizes you're the criminal, I'm the criminal. And every criminal realizes the power that has been given to the criminal. One astaghfirullah can change the world. Nabi used to make 70 times a day astaghfirullah. So that's our minimum 70. 300 times is like the beginner. That's what we must all come to. And if we can, in our families, go for that 100,000. All our problems intend for it. Go for that 100,000. Put your daughter, put your child, put your granny, put them on. Everyone start reading, I want my 100,000. Your world will open up. From every tight place, Allah promised I'll open up. From every depression, Allah promised I'll open up. And Allah promised I will send your sustenance from places you can never imagine. May Allah Taala show us His promises. May Allah Taala show us His promises while we are smiling. May Allah bless us with unique faith in the promise of Allah. That we can also say like Musa salam, Kalla, never ever. Inna ma'iya rabbi, ma Allah is with me. Sayyidin is definitely going to open up a way. With that yaqeen and then we see the ways opening up.